Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Time for a how-to when we address some of the decisions we don't make every day. Today it's how to buy good kitchen appliances. Dara Garvey is the white goods buyer for Harvey Norman. Dara, good afternoon to you. Thanks very much, Sean. Thanks Uh, for having us. And thanks for coming in. Right, okay, there's a lot of things to get through. First off, the tumble dryer, especially at the moment everyone's concerned about their energy consumption. If you use their tumble dryer at all, are you an environmental criminal? Um, I wouldn't say criminal, but it definitely is one of the more expensive appliances by a long shot in your house. Okay, why is that? Uh, it's mainly anything, anytime we're using an appliance, uh, particularly a tumble dryer, it uses a heating element. Mm-hmm. And to use, heat up any heating element, you use kilowatts of electricity. And the longer we have that heating element on, the more electricity we're using. And therefore, the tumble dryer is without a doubt the most expensive product you have in your house. Um, one of the one of the things you'll find on like the Harvey Norman website is what does it mean when you put it into euros and cents. So on every appliance in any in any retailer, you'll normally find an energy label A being the most efficient, which is what we should always strive to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you will find on the Harvey Norman website is when you go onto it, particularly on dryers, it'll show you in euros and cents if you're to use this dryer over three times a week. Uh, I might have it for six years. Uh, and you can put in how much uh, cents per kilowatt you actually are at the moment on your bill, your USB bill. But it'll show you how much it'll cost. So an example would be your 299 dryer that looks like great value, 299 euros. Uh, that could cost you over 1,500 euros to use over six years. Whereas a machine that's about six or 700 euros could cost you 400 euros to 500 euros. So you might have a bit of added expense at the start. But that's if the dryer lasts just six years. Sometimes dryers can last eight, nine, ten years at least. We don't mm. generally replace them too much. I, there, are, there are different sorts of tumble dryers. Yeah, yeah. We would probably be familiar with the dryer that our mums and dads would have, the vented dryer, where you throw the hose out the, the window in the <laughs> yes. shed. And, and that, that's one of the old ones. That's the most expensive dryer to use, generally. Um, the next dryer then that we have would be a condenser dryer, which is what we normally see in our houses. And that literally uh, condenses all this steam into moisture and you just empty out the water top. So you can put yeah. it anywhere, just plug it in. Yeah. And then finally, uh, about eight or nine years ago, the heat pump condensed dryer came on, which is this energy efficient dryer. And instead of using lots and lots of energy, it uses warm air, uh, kind of like when we put our clothes on the line outside, uh, to dry it. So... The pro is that it uses a lot, of le- lot less electricity. The catch is that normally a drying performance can take two and a half to three and a half hours to, to use. So it can take longer. Okay, that might balance out then if you're using it for two, uh, two or three hours. It, it, it can. It can sometimes take a little bit longer to do it. Now, some machines, though, you'll find some of the premium heat pump machines, you can choose to use more or less electricity on it. So you'll see it on all our appliances now. If anybody looks at their dishwasher washing machine, you'll normally see an eco program. And then you'll see a speed program. Yeah. 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 So Eco's good on electricity, speed, that's going to use a lot more electricity. And sometimes you can get, of course, washing machines with dryers in them. Uh, uh, Do they tend to be uh, the better ones? Um, washer dryers, normally we'd recommend buying them separately where possible, trying to get a washing machine dryer separately. In mm. a lot of apartments, then you mightn't have the choice. Uh, yeah. But again, we would re- always recommend if you are looking at a washer dryer, you'll find a washer dryer for four or five hundred euros, which is a lot of money. But washer dryers for seven or eight hundred euros, you'll normally find will be much more inefficient, particularly in the drying stage. And on those energy labels, you'll see a wash a energy label, but also look at how, what the energy label is on the dryer. Sometimes it can be a D or an E. So that washer dryer, you really have to check the energy labels in the stores. Okay, right. So washing machines, because you know, I, I was kind of because I had been wondering about that because I would have thought, well, uh, 
washing machine has a motor on it, it has to heat the water, so therefore it would be somehow equivalent to, to, to the tumble dryer. But I suppose washing machines can wash now on much lower temperatures now. That, yeah, that's one of the key difference. 100% they can, yeah. So you'll normally find that a lot of your wash problems go down to 30 or even 20 degrees in some machines, and that's because a lot of detergents work on a lower temperature now. Um, and then, of course, the motors have changed as well. So we have these new motors, which are called inverter motors, but they basically are brushless. So there's much less can go wrong with them, but they're also much quieter and they also require a lot less energy. So uh, washing machine technology come a lot further than some of the dryers have, but you don't really use kilowatts of electricity on a washing machine unless you're putting on a 90 degree wash or a, or a 70 or 80 degree wash. But most of us will wash at 40 or 60 degrees and it only heats that element towards the end of the wash, whereas on your dryer... The it's all the way through. Exactly. Yeah. And now, when, because often certainly, the, you know, one buys, say, a washing machine and it's guaranteed for X, Y and Z. And then you see it's, you know, you have to send a letter to some place in Basildon or something, you know. And then it, yeah, you kind of wondered, is that guarantee worth the paper it's written on? Is it? It's a very good point. Uh, so I suppose the main thing to check on your, on your guarantee, if you are signing up for a guarantee, is that it's covering both parts and labour. Mm-hmm. Now, most machines you'll find in the marketplace, in Ireland in particular, will have a two years parts and labour guarantee. Um, and then if you are investing in a five-year guarantee, it's really, really important that not only is it covering the parts, but it's also covering the uh, engineer who's coming out to put the parts in. Because that anybody who's had a, a machine repaired, like most of us, it's the gentleman coming out that you're paying 100 to 120 euros to put the thing in is the problem. So mm. any guarantee, if you're going further than a two-year guarantee, or if you're buying a machine like a lot of the Melee, or sorry, a lot of the Samsung and LG machines now, they have a five-year parts and labour guarantee. Uh, that's a really good sign when you're in stores to have a look and see if it's got a five-year parts and labour guarantee. You're normally onto a, a good thing on that. It's normally a good sign of the quality of it. Ah, right, okay. Uh, Dervla wants to know, uh, what is the brand of tumble dryer or washing machine your guests would recommend? I was thinking Bosch. But my kids are telling me Samsung. I thought they made phones to me. <laughs> well, they do. That's true. Does it make that much difference, the brand, or is it more looking at the things you're talking about, the, the guarantee and how much electricity it's using? It, it, it can. I mean, the, the premium brand definitely that would spring to mind would be Miele. I mean, those uh, Miele have a great sign um, that uh, sustainability, the best type of sustainability is longevity. Those machines really do last. They're very good quality. Samsung and LG then would be also very good regards technology. You'll have other problems if you particularly hate ironing. A lot of them have a 20-minute steam refresh on those machines, which by, instead of just spending two or three hours ironing on a Saturday or a Sunday, you can just throw your shirts in, hang them up straight away after 20 minutes and no ironing. So oh, right. they have a lot of features on the Samsung and LGs. But no, Samsung, brilliant at making phones, but just as good at making washing machines and dryers. Really good quality. Okay, right. Okay, well, I suppose a similar kind of an appliance, so the, what we've been talking about isn't always necessarily in a kitchen. The dishwasher is always in a kitchen, though. Yeah. So are you looking at similar things as you might look at... Yeah, for a washing machine for a dishwasher. I probably, the, the, the one bit of advice I'd given a dishwasher, I think any of us, well, nearly all of us were in lockdown, as we know, working from the kitchen, um, because that is the open plan living that we've all aspired yeah. to over the last few years. Um, the catch we have with the dishwasher is that if you have a noisy dishwasher during lockdown, you immediately notice it. Yes, you yeah. do. So yeah. your energy label gives you another great piece of information and you'll find that you'll say dB or decibel. So underneath the energy rating, you'll have a dB level. Normally, anything below 40 to 42 to 42 decibel is very, very quiet. The way we're talking at the moment is 60 decibels, to give people an idea. Um, but anything below 42, 40 decibel is extremely quiet. So that means that it's on in the kitchen, can't hear it. 
Now, the only catch with that is that sometimes it'll be too quiet. You open up the dishwasher and you get a face full of steam. <laughs> so what you will find in a lot of those very quiet dishwashers, a little light fires onto the ground to let you know when it's on or how much time is, time is left on it. Um, and a lot of those, they come on like a lot of Bosch, Samsung, uh, Miele machines. They all come on those as well as standard. But quietness is one. And then the only other thing that a lot of customers used to say to me when I was in the stores was the it doesn't dry properly. Sometimes I open it up after 45 minutes and it's all wet. Um, that's normally because there's steam locked into the machines and that yeah. happens at a lot of entry, uh, entry level washing machine, uh, dishwashers. On some of the more medium to premium dishwashers, what you find is at the end of it, uh, it actually pops the door open. It's very rudimentary, but the steam escapes and then all the cutlery dries naturally on it and you don't have these cups wringing wet on the bottom so of So the steam is supposed to escape? The steam should, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, it should. It, on, on the very, very top, there's a, there's a couple of Siemens machines where they use a different type of technology called zeolith, whereby it absorbs all the moisture at the bottom and releases it out as normal. You don't see this magic happen, but every time it's finished, they're dry. Uh, but if you don't want to spend 900 euros on a built-in dishwasher, uh, a lot of dishwashers for four to 500 euros will have this pop-open or air drying, as it's called. And it's very rudimentary. It just pops open and the steam escapes. Ah, right. OK, yeah. yeah because, yeah, yeah, yeah. In our dishwasher, you wait for the beep and then steam comes out. Yeah. I've often wondered about that. Yeah. The, the, and you know the yolks you put the cutlery in? Is, mm. is is that the only design available? I'm not too sure if that's always that efficient. Or no. maybe we're just overpacking it. Uh, no, you're right. There is. So normally we'd have a cutlery basket in most of our dishwashers. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure most of the listeners at home will have the same thing. And a lot of dishwashers in the last three years, they have what's called a cutlery tray which means you'd have your bottom basket, middle basket, and then you have another basket that you pull out and all your cutlery goes in. Um, I'm a bit more of a fan of the cutlery basket because there's quite a bit of OCD needed to make sure that your, your <laughs> fork is just right. Uh, I'm sure yeah. you can throw them on, but where it does come in very handy on that top tray is if you, if you use a lot of uh, carving knives, long knives, uh, potato mashers, all these kind of things that we try and fit somewhere on the bottom of the dishwasher, this big long tray is pretty handy after the Sunday roast that you just got all these big long cutlery uh, cooking utensils. Ah, that's an interesting mm. point that you've just touched on. Should you or should you not put things with, uh, you know, that have moulded handles on them? Should you put those in the dishwasher or not? Ideally ideally not. You're mm. not supposed to. They'll normally come, whenever you buy any kind of a, um, a knife or a, a cooking um, accessory, it'll always say whether it's dishwasher safe or not. Um, but if I'm spending good money on a good chef's knife or anything mm. that you definitely wouldn't be putting in a dishwasher no, yeah wouldn't. okay yeah because I've heard it, it can if there's glue in the handle it can melt the glue in the and handle. chopping boards the same yeah oh really I, yeah. I know from personal experience I yeah. went through two chopping boards <laughs> and it's only then it realise it melts the glue so chopping boards not always the best thing to put into a dishwasher either. right okay mm. uh, going back to tumble dryer I put clothes in my A rated condenser dryer for 5 to 10 minutes instead of ironing them would this cost much on an A energy, no, it shouldn't if you're only putting the five or ten minutes. Definitely less than a normal uh, dryer. But um, on the inside of the dryer, when you open up the door, um, the model number should be there. So if the dryer was bought in the last year or two years, you should be able to see the model on our Harvey Norman website and it'll tell you exactly euro and cents how much it would cost. But um, also, you'll probably still have the energy label on that machine at home that you have. And you can see uh, exactly what the cents or the kilowatts it uses on it that you can work out yourself. So Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, uh, fridge freezers, there are different sorts. And, mm. and why would you choose one sort over the other? Yeah, um, I suppose a lot of people, um, one of our best sellers definitely is these, uh, what we call American fridge freezers. Mm. And there's basically three sizes that you'll see in all the stores. So we have what's called a side by side, where literally the freezer's down one side, 
the fridge is down the other and this was a great idea for 20 years and then people realised on the freezer I can't fit my pizza box in yes Uh, (laughs) sideways you can it is not the slightest bit practical for family use so that was a side by side so what's come on since then is we have French door which is the name of the note you open up the two doors on top like a French window that's all fridge loads of space and then down the bottom was one big drawer where you can just dump all your pizzas or all these uh, big products that you want to freeze uh, and that gives you a load of space kind of like a mini chest freezer um, and then the third type is what we call four door, which, as the name suggests, is four doors. Top two is all fridge. Right. Bottom two is freezer. But on a, some of those models, that bottom right door, you can be a fridge or a freezer. So come Christmas, a lot more fresh food. You have the choice for family use if you want more fridge space and freezer. So, right. OK. And yeah. so the, and, and the labels, I mean, the capacity of the uh, of the fridge, I would imagine, is a very, uh, you know, how much stuff it can take. is very. Important. Yeah, definitely is. I mean, the thing we have to remember with the fridge as well, as you mentioned, labels, was that the fridge is on 24-7. 365 days a year so uh, checking that number now uh, American fridge freezers you'll normally still find their energy ratings between F and E and Samsung have a model that's C currently but um, they are going to get better over the years as we go but that doesn't mean they're less efficient than when the energy labels changed about two years ago they still use the same amount of electricity so that's one thing to bear in mind but they do also show the litre capacity so that's literally if I tip the fridge freezer on the side filled with loads of water how many cubic litres it actually holds on it Mm. and some will vary quite a bit so you will see that your side by side as we say that litre capacity even though it's the same dimension as a four door or three door can be much less than those other two alternatives yeah yeah why is that? Even though it, technically it's the same size. What's yeah, taking up the space there? If you think about the two doors, it has to have a piece down the middle uh, for insulation mm. and that takes up a load of space. On your fridge, freezer, three-door, four-door, it'll have a piece uh, separating the bottom from the top but it doesn't have to be as thick so you'll normally find that there's much more space in a three-door. Um, plus there's a lot more smaller pieces on the freezer side than on a big chest freezer that you'd have on a, on a, on a three-door. Yeah. So, and when they say frost-free, what does that mean? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So <clears throat> Frost Free has been around for about 15 to 20 years now. It's been around for a while. It's become more affordable now. But the idea of Frost Free is that you should never, ever get a frost buildup in your freezer. And also then in your fridge, you'll normally find that it keeps the airflow moving the whole time. So you normally won't have a different difference in temperature between the top shelf and bottom shelf of a fridge. But mainly in a freezer, it doesn't get ice buildup. And ice is, uh, is, is it, it, can, it can be a real killer for the motor. The more ice buildup we get in a freezer the more the motor has to do more work and then it causes more issues. So frost-free is, you open up the freezer, no ice whatsoever. It's just ice cold the whole time, but there's no frost, no nothing. Yeah, you shouldn't have to defrost <clears throat> a fridge like maybe one had to do back in the day. Um, if you buy a, what's called a static fridge freezer or something that's not frost-free, you'll still have to defrost. And we normally recommend defrosting it once a year or twice a year if it's a non-frost-free fridge freezer. You'll see fridge freezers called low-frost that still doesn't mean frost-free. All it means is that you've got to you've got to you've got to defrost it yourself once a year. Um, you'll see self-defrosting fridges. Again, that's not frost-free. That just means you're the self. You've got to self-defrost that fridge freezer yourself once or twice a year. So frost-free is the only one where you should never have to defrost it. Yeah, and in in, in terms of maintenance of of a fridge, are there any particular things you should look out for? Main tips and tricks we would normally recommend is that it, the most important thing about your fridge, freezer, bar your motor, obviously, is the seal. Uh, because that door being kept closed is the most important thing. So the more we open and close the door, obviously, the more the motor works. But uh, what we normally recommend is um, if you're like me and you grab the fridge and you don't use the handle and your nail just grabs the, 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 the actual seal, you'll find that over a while it wears away or gets dirty. Mm. So we normally recommend once a year, usually before Christmas, without any soapy water, just warm water, wipe down the seal, dry it again, and that should just make sure the connection is good. So the connection on the seal of the fridge 
and the freezer is really, really important. Yeah, and as you say, it's on 24 hours a day. Every day. Every so week. that's, yeah, yeah, you have to really think about the amount of power you're using there. 100%. Uh, I have a three-door fridge freezer that supplies filter water in the door. Uh, why are the filter waters so hard to get? I need to replace mine every six months and they're never in stock in shops. I end up uh, uh, having to go online and ordering from random countries. Yeah, it's a really good question. It'll, it'll depend on the brand. So they depend. So Samsung and LG are probably our, primarily our main, what we would call um, large capacity fridges we'd sell. So Samsung fridge uh, filters should be relatively easy to get in a lot of stores. I know we stock them in most of our stores. There's three or four different types of filter. So if you are mm. replacing the filter, it'd be quite handy either having your model of your fridge and you pop into the store or bringing the filter with you. Um, in a lot of cases, though, if it's a fridge freezer or a three door like your callers if it's two or three years old um, some retailers might not stock it but Samsung filters should generally be a little bit easier but I've gone down the road myself where I've had to buy a filter that we couldn't get stock of for some reason I've had to go through the UK which bounced me on somewhere else and I bought mm. it but, but generally the branded ones at Samsung, you should find them in every Harvey Norman store. Yeah, that, yeah. that's uh, yeah, that's the old supply chain thing, I suppose, is affecting all sorts of <coughs> yeah. things we don't expect. Uh, now, <laughs> this might be a bit too specific, Dara. Ask yeah. your expert, when I open the little round handle on the floor of my Belling dishwasher, a load of water flowed out. I don't know how to filter it either. Yeah, so the little round uh, piece at the very bottom, I, I think what your listener is, is talking about is the actual filter that catches yeah. all the soupy bits and stuff like that that's in it. So if there's a lot of water coming out and you pick it up, there must be a, a mini blockage somewhere along the line. Now, I'm yeah. not an engineer, so I'm only giving a guess here at the moment. Um, but normally what would happen is you can get a, a cleaning cycle you can put on the dishwasher. So you normally get... Um, uh, if you go to your Tesco's or any normal uh, um, uh, grocery place, you'll find a, a cleaning solution or a cleaning disc you put in. Maybe just run that through it. The other thing that can be a problem for dishwashers and washing machines, if you've got hard water, there could be lime scale built up somewhere in there, which is not allowing the water to flow through yeah. very well. And that's the biggest killer of washing machines. So again, um, making sure that your dishwasher is full of salt if you're in a hard water area, that's really important so that it keeps that water nice and soft and that could be part of the blockage problem. But again, I'm not an engineer, I'm only taking a yeah. guess. Actually, on that point, because you know that we you, you get tabs to the dishwasher and it says it has all the things in it. Should you, you just rely on them or should you put salt in? If you're in a hard water area, definitely get the salt. Best thing you can yeah. do and always, I know it sounds like a cliche of the ad, but if you've got a washing machine, your hard water area, get the Calgon and use it at least once or twice a month because that hard water, is that finished tablet or any tablet using air any of those that's not going to do anything for hard water it literally just has a a small rinse aid solution that's meant to help glasses but uh, salt is the key dishwasher salt is the best thing you can use in your dishwasher softens the water and it also means as well as hard water doesn't scratch your glasses or anything like that so it's much better Uh, good point we're running out of time as I kind of thought we might on a toaster Hmm. The, the the kind of knobs you get on like there's a knob there's two knobs in my toaster that give you numbers what are those numbers supposed to be telling me I'm going to be honest with you. I thought up to four or five years ago, that's how much how brown I wanted a toast. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It is not. It's how many minutes you want the toast to be down for. So if it's one, two, three, four, five, yeah. that's normally three is what I think most of us put it on. It should normally take about three minutes. That's exactly what the numbers are for. So the minutes denote the time that you have the bread to wait down and then it pops up for toast. Yeah. It also coincides with how brown it is, I'm sure. But yeah. Uh, some toasters brown quicker than others so that's normally what it is. It's one, two, three, four, five is one minute, two minute, three minutes. That's normally what it is. Yeah. And for a kettle... Uh, what if you if you're buying okay. if you're buying a kettle now, Dara, mm. what should you look out for? Um, the kettles are still the most ex- one of the most expensive what we call small appliances you'll have. So you'll mm. find a lot of kettles will be uh, three kilo- kilowatt uh, quiet boilers, something people would use. Um, but the problem with three kilowatts and 
I suppose most of us are guilty of it whereby the kettle's just boiled, you have the tea ready, but sure, I'm just going to hit the button again and, and that's it. Every time yeah, you hit that yeah. button, it's three kilowatts. So when it comes to a kettle, mm-hmm. it's mainly the style that you like. Um, a quick boil can be very, very good as well, but just if you're getting a quick boil, it's three kilowatts. Don't keep hitting the button and just, you know, reheating mm. it the whole time. There are one or two models in the market where if you if you're a follow if you like green tea that'll normally be at 80 degrees so you can just choose the temperature that you want um but generally yeah the technology of kettles hasn't come as far as heat pump dryers yeah are. and does it make a difference in terms of three kilowatts whether the a kettle is full or you just have enough for a cup definitely only what you need um yeah. so if it's some of them will actually come with one two cup three cup four cup but only fill what you need um, because the longer you're using that three kilowatts of electricity, the more expensive it's going to be for you. Yeah, Dara, thanks a million for coming into thanks us today. Uh, that was Dara Garvey there, uh, the white products buyer in Harvey Norman there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. I'm going to take a break after that, walking the Iron Curtain. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.